Of course, the Breakdown podcast would not be possible without the generous assistance of Ore Cycling Apparel. If you haven't heard me bang on about them yet, some really, they make some really good stuff. Uh, it's pro-level cycling and fitness apparel made with coffee and eco-friendly materials, guaranteed to fit and permanently odour-resistant. Um, and I can confirm that they have been in talks with an NRS team, so perhaps you'll see them um, in and around the peloton before you know it. Hello and welcome to the Breakdown Podcast. I am Jamie Finch-Penninger and today I am very jet-lagged. So <laughs> in that case, I'm very lucky to be joined by a an accomplished um, co-host in this regard, um, Tom Robinson, who is he, he was a guy actually on my shortlist um, of one of the first people to invite on the podcast. But um, unfortunately, it's just it's just always happened that he's been bumped down the list um, and event, and now we've finally got him on. So Tom. Uh, great to great to finally have you on the podcast. Oh, thanks, mate. Um, yeah, thanks for having me. Fair enough to say you're coming off a fairly decent result at the Melbourne to Warnable for N Swiss um, fourth there. Um, what were the feelings after that? Yeah, it was a, a really uh, well good race for for myself. Yeah, um, I, I was I suppose um, yeah I suppose really happy, but also there was quite a bit of. Um, Frustration that I'd come quite close to 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 going to the line with uh, Nathan and, and going for the win, but um, yeah, look, it's it's one of those races where things have got to go right uh, for you. Uh, it's such such a long long day that um, yeah, you it's really uh, the strongest man wins. Uh, it's pretty simple to be honest. Um, it's uh, whatever legs you've got left. Um, and really being able to make sort of clear and smart decisions in that final couple of K because it is quite difficult, um, that run in. The final 2K is really, really hard. That little rise um, coming into Warnable is incredibly difficult, actually, after after that distance. It's not – if you were to ride it on the other day, it wouldn't be too much of a problem, but after that distance, it's, um, yeah, quite quite hard. Yeah, and it, and it seems to be um, a race that you consistently want to target. I mean, I remember speaking to you probably – First time I ever spoke to you back in uh, 2014 or 2015, one of the two, um, yeah. and back then that was that was um, a race you wanted to win, and you'd already podiumed there at the time. Um, well, yeah. what is it about those longer races yeah. that suits you? 2010, when um, I came third, um, I, I sort of surprised myself. It was the first time I'd even done uh, a race over 200 kilometres, and and um, to sort of find out that I was. Uh, able to ride I suppose race that distance and um and still be quite quite strong at the end um I suppose I, I identified that that was a, a strength of mine that um yeah uh that I was able to still produce pretty good um power at the at the end of such a long day yeah it was something that then I really started to specifically work on a little bit more um each time I've come to Melbourne to Warnable I've um yeah tried to try to uh come in at uh pretty well prepared um having done sort of numerous rides not so much similar distance but more more duration and and and, and being prepared for for a, a hard uh, i suppose end end to the race so what what do you think is key to that preparation because you see you see the same names pop up again and again when it comes to these longer races i mean 
Um, your teammate, Aiden Tuvey, is definitely one of them. Nathan Elliott, of course, another one. He's won two yeah. of them now and often up at the Grafton to Inverell as well. Yeah. Yeah, I suppose it's really, you, you, you do break the, break the, the event down and, and you, you know, you look back at um, the good part now is you can obviously look back at your data from, from previous editions and see exactly what the work rate is for 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 those races. I mean, every year it's different. I mean, this year was far easier than than, um, than last year, but that was purely based on the conditions. Um, this year was sort of almost a, an ideal uh, day for it to be quite easy in terms of the wind was very light. Um, uh, obviously harder out in the break, but back in the Peloton, it was it was quite quite an easy ride uh, last year. Uh, you know, big crosswinds and, and after 90k we were and um, you know full um, swap off all the way to the to the line for the next 180k. So the demands are change each year, but essentially once you know exactly um, what it is in terms of uh, the actual energy burn that you have over that over that duration, and then you start to look at um, uh, your fatigue resistance and, and working at the back end of long days. So you know, replicating uh, efforts at the back end of, of really long rides. And I, I always found that I respond quite well to that. It's always put me in good a good position to be, I suppose, competitive. Yeah. You spoke briefly there about the differences between previous years there. And obviously it was a bit of an easier addition in some respects from um, previous years. Um, but how did the tactics play out? Um, obviously that very strong break went away uh, early on in the piece. For us, it was ideal. Um, it wasn't a big... Uh, it wasn't the big numbers, but we had Ryan Kavanagh in there, um, which was perfect. And he's he's obviously shown really, really good form um, this year. And and um, it was a case of the break not being really big, but it was incredibly strong. So we were happy to have Cav there because we knew he'd be able to ride it out. Um, and so it was a situation for us where... Um, Knowing that that break, if it was given enough of a gap, it would probably not come back. But unfortunately, you know, there was a couple of teams that recognised it pretty early on and just held it, um, held it at sort of that five-minute gap for most of the day. And um, uh, in the in the event that we sort of started to play the card from behind of uh, possibly causing a split and getting a group to go across. Um, but in the end, I, I suppose we, we were identified pretty early on that it was... Um, it, the speed of the race was quite high and it was actually with a slight head headwind it was hard to break the race apart um and so we had to be patient we had to really wait um and also you know full well knowing that cab was still out there we didn't want to totally um compromise what we'd done having him out there um but we wanted to wait. We wanted to wait really late. Um, but we also wanted to let the race uh, burn guys down. So um, I said to most of my guys that I'm going to I'm going to deliberately wait really late um, and 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 really um, see what can happen in the, right at the back end. Um, and I sort of I also identified that um, you know I made a few moves uh, straight after Camperdown. That's always a it's a good place just to try and see. Uh, I always find that that's where the race really starts and, and just to see how I was traveling. And um, I found it that it wasn't really, uh, the speed was so high that it was very hard to get away. So um, I knew that uh, in that, in that point of the race that I needed to wait, I needed to wait for the race to get 
uh, further down the road and the, for the fatigue to really kick in uh, to the peloton and then and then try and make the move. So yeah, of course, Camperdown's um, where we've seen moves from. Um, I think most recently, most successfully, Jack Bobridge tried to move there in the past. Um, went across to uh, Jack Kaufman in the break, and um, they managed to put on a great show there. Um, so yeah, while going away from the pelotons. I mean the break. The break got brought back there. Um, what was the what was the action in the peloton after that? Because it was a bit hard to tell from Twitter, unfortunately. Yeah, look, it, it certainly um, as soon as we got over, uh, got through Camperdown, got over the two two little climbs there. Uh, it certainly started to animate the race um, from then on. It, it, it got very aggressive actually, and and it was really good um, for us. It was ideal because we we needed it to be hard. We didn't have. Uh, uh, probably one of the favourite sprinters in the race, um, particularly with a few of the, the, the track guys uh, being in the field. Um, we knew that going head-to-head with them at the finish was going to be quite difficult. So uh, with, the, with the team that we had, we, we needed to go quite long and, and uh, make, it, make it hard. Um, so it was great. Like uh, It certainly started to stir things up, that's for sure. Um, and, but I think the, uh, I think the amazing part was that it, 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 the pace just stayed really high. Um, it didn't really shut off. It just, it's the speed just stayed up um, pretty well from camping down all the way, all the way in. It didn't really shut off at all, um, which was, which is surprising. Usually it does at some point, usually, um, you know, when nothing's going at some point, it will just stop um, and guys start to think about the end, but it didn't, everyone just kept on racing. So it was a case of just, um, I suppose not firing too many bullets uh, just for the sake of it and, and, and just following, um, following moves because um, uh, even after after that, you've still got, you know, 60 kilometres that's um, to the end. So you've sort of got to be really, really careful about where and, and where you, you're trying to go. Yeah, let's talk about that briefly. Um, you said it was pretty much full gas. Um, how did, um, I think I heard it was Nathan Elliott who made the initial attack and then you uh, followed that move from there. How, how did that transpire? As, as you come in into Warrnambool there um, in that final sort of 10K, it, it gets, it's a little bit undulating. So there's a couple of little rises there where you can sort of uh, use to, I suppose, a launch, um, launch the attack there. Um, and I, I actually initially didn't, didn't, I didn't see Nathan go. Um, but once I uh, sort of had started to, uh, I knew that I needed to make my move at around under, sort of that, that point and um, I think there had been a lot of flurry of attacks at that point and Nathan had counted over the top and um, he managed to sort of open up a decent gap. Um, uh, at that point I was still feeling quite good and um, got quite a good launch uh, from, from the Pelton and and uh, made my move and I, I actually, um, it was it was actually really handy that Nathan was there because once I got to him, um, we were sort of able to, to keep it going but... Um, yeah, uh, for myself, it was a case of I needed um, I needed to go all out, all out to the end. Um, they had um, Cameron Bailey, I think, uh, behind that was also trying to come across, and I knew that I didn't want to have him there uh, for the fact that uh, two two versus one is quite a difficult situation. So I was trying to ride hard enough to <laughs> uh, keep him away, but also not. Um, yeah, compromised my position of just taking Nathan all the way to the end, and in the end, it was um, it was really quite difficult, really quite difficult to to know that um, the peloton was also chasing, and um, quite a difficult situation, <laughs> really difficult actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was it was there a point where you were like, 
oh no, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna be able to catch him, or will you still just you know head down all the way to the end there? Yeah, look, um, I suppose uh, initially when I got to Nathan, um, and and he he rode it really well. Like he 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 not only was strong, but he was uh, really technically he he rode a really good race, um, particularly in that final final three k. He, he, uh, he, in his ride, he uh, had been out there all day, and and obviously having teammates behind, it was he, he was willing to totally risk getting caught. Um, you know, he's won the race before, so um, for him, it was sort of a case of, um, you know, he was just going to play his card of um, waiting really late. And for me, it was a case of I'd made the move and. I needed to be out there. I needed to. That was my only way to win the race. Um, as I said before, like I was never going to win that race uh, from the bunch, um, and I needed to. I needed to go um, a, a bit further out and, and try and, and go to line with maybe you know only a couple of riders all by myself. Um, so it was a case of uh, me having to to go all out, all to, all the way to the line, and obviously I didn't get a lot of cooperation from Nathan and. Um, yeah, just on the rise coming in uh, with about two k to go. I think it was actually the same spot that he went last year. Um, he, yeah, he um, and I initially thought I had him. I, I initially thought I had him, uh, but he was quite tired and he might have been on his last legs. But you know, then um, he launched and he opened the gap straight away, and I, I just simply couldn't respond to him. I, I mean, I was able to just hold him there, but I just could not could not get back to him. And that and it seems to be the way. With the warning, like um, at that point in the race, um, you haven't got uh, a lot of, uh, I suppose, um, ability to to make big adjustments in terms of how much energy you got left. Um, you sort of tend to be in a very narrow range of um, being either flat out and not having much left. Um, so. Yeah, it was a case of um, hoping that he would blow <laughs> and that I'd maybe be able to get back to him. Um, and I was also in the back of my mind was um, trying to hold hold off the, the peloton, I suppose. Um, yeah, but he was he was just too strong. Um, and I simply, yeah, just couldn't, couldn't get back to him. And then, yeah, I suppose the devastating part of just getting caught, you know, about 50 metres to go, it was, um, yeah, that was hard to deal with i suppose but um yeah look i i left it all out there um and and for me in that moment that was that was the decision and the tactics that i i chose to play and uh maybe you know it's always easy and always um to look back now and go i should have played it differently but to be honest um as i said my my opportunity was to win from from that scenario by 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 going from uh, a long way out and, and going to the line, as I say, either by myself or in a small group. And, um, yeah, I, I, we gave it everything and that was uh, that was the re- result. So, yeah. Yeah, well, full, full credit to you there. I mean, gave it everything, but in the end of the day, it was just one rider better. And obviously, yeah. phenomenal effort from uh, Nathan Elliott uh, to be oh. out in the break all day and then yeah. and then do that final attack there at the end there. I mean, yeah. That's super stuff. Yeah, I mean, it was it was it was an incredible ride, um, and not only that, like uh, you know, I suppose the race, you know, you, the, from following it, I suppose you you hear about him being out there and and even talking with uh, Cav, who was with him in the break, and he was saying, yeah, he was still 
really strong in the break and um, wasn't in any difficulty whatsoever. And then, um, you know, even after they got caught, I know Nathan and I saw him a few times. He was he was uh, launching a couple of these guys across to moves um, and he it wasn't like he just totally sat back and and, and saved himself for that final. He, um, he was still quite active and... So, you know, he was just incredibly strong all day. Yeah, um, plenty of credit should go to um, the other guys on that break as well. Um, it was yeah, Brian Cavanaugh, as you mentioned, from Ben Swiss. Uh, yeah. Brendan David, the recent winner of yeah. Battle Battle Recharge and uh, the the race in Malaysia, uh, Jigago, Malaysia anyway, however you pronounce yeah. that. He yeah. won that UCI yeah. Yeah, 2.2 over there. Um, great right for Oliver's there. Um, yeah. And it was Dylan McKenna and I think uh, James Whelan was the other over there. From um, D- Dylan McKenna is AMR and James Whelan was uh, Drapek Pat's Veg, I think, for this race. Yeah. Uh, and, yep. yeah, he looks to be a good ride, actually, James Whelan, coming up through the ranks. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, as I say, it was a, it was a really, really strong break. Uh, I think uh, they had um, a young uh, Rowan White there too, one of the, uh, the track guys. Um Mm. And so, you know, like the the strength of that break was 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 really really big. So I think um, having uh, look, you know, we were saying to to Cav uh, after the race that I think um, if you know the couple of teams, uh, GPM and um, a couple of others, if they uh, didn't decide to take up the chase as quickly as they did, and and the gap had blown out a bit more, I, I would have been surprised if we'd caught it actually. Um, I think if, as I say, it never the peloton never really shut down um, like it has done in previous editions. Usually, there's a point in the race where once the break's gone, that the the, the peloton usually comes to almost standstill for 10, 20 k, you know. And um, you know, in previous editions, uh, there's been the threat of uh, the the gap out to the break being too big that the, the that the police haven't been too happy about it, you know. So. Um, Whereas this year, uh, it really only ever got to about five minutes and, and the chase was on. So, um, And they chased hard. They chased hard for a long, long time. Um, and, and that break held them. <laughs> that break held them for a long, long time at that gap. So, yeah, I think if um, things had played differently, we may, we may never have seen that break again. And I think those guys, as I say, uh, Nathan, Cav, um, uh, Brennan Davids, uh, those guys, they were, uh, I'm sure they were more than capable of going all the way. So, yeah. Yeah, full credit to um, GPM Stultz. Um, oh, I think it was, Van, it was yeah. Yeah, Van Dam as well. Yeah, we'll run through a few of the minor placings now. And uh, Sam Wellsford, um, the... Uh, well, I think he, I think he's got a world championship on his resume um, <laughs> as part of the team yeah. squad there. Yeah. Uh, came yeah. second. Um, and it's amazing to see these track guys, you know, who are used to doing, you know, four k four k's on the track, um, step up to doing two hundred and seventy seven on the road. Um, he came second. Uh, Tommy Nankervis from Stitch and Dart was third, and yeah, running down the line, Nick Nick Leonard, who's stalled in these sort of races, was up there. Michael Freiberg. Uh, Toby Orchard, Sean Whitfield, Julian Thompson, uh, the youngster from AMR Renault, did a sterling ride there. And then rounding out the top 10 was Aiden Tui with Kern de Court, actually, in 11th. So, yeah, World Tour, World Tour opposition kept out of the top 10. Um, shows the quality of of local racing, maybe. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, I think... Um, I think uh... Obviously, with the corner, he was totally by himself, and um, yeah, he was he was he was quite active, uh, particularly in the back end of the race. And uh, I think for him, 
yeah, it's it's quite difficult even for someone that's of that level. Um, you still you've got to gamble, don't you? You're relying on other teams to bring the break back for you, um, and everyone, of course, is looking looking at him uh, to do it. Uh, I know that, that happened numerous times where. Uh, particularly in the last 30k, there was a couple of big groups that had split split off the front, and um, they should have gone. They they should never have uh, been caught. And uh, Kuhn certainly uh, made some big big moves to shut them down. Um, and I think it was really because of that that the race did stay together. Um, yeah, so I mean that's that's the the difficult part when you go into a race like that, uh, just solely by as an individual. It's it's the same with um, uh, Raf Rinstein as well. He was he was in that same situation. Um, so they were they had to sort of stay really active. Uh, had probably had to race a little bit harder than what they probably would have liked just be, to stay uh, amongst amongst it all. Um, so yeah, it's it, it is it's always really challenging, and um, I think Kuhn was right up there. Uh, from a, from the last kilometre, from what I understand, so doing quite a lot to bring to bring uh, to bring it back, and and still was up there um, in towards the top ten. So yeah, shows the shows the strength of the guy. <laughs> we'll take a little bit of a break here, and we'll come back with a quick preview of the tour of Gippsland. Okay, we're chatting two of Gitsan now, and we'll start off with men's first, and we're talking with Tom Robinson again. Um, it's four stages, and it's most, well, it's entirely criteriums uh, for this one. Um, good news is that they will be broadcast on Facebook, I understand, so you'll get the chance to watch all these stages live. Um, and and it's, been good, it's been good fun watching those live when they've come up, like uh, Amy's was broadcast live and earlier in the year we had races at the Bay Crits um, broadcast live as well. So, and it's good fun to watch those, watch those circuit races live. Um, so four stages, uh, first one's 900 metre course and it'll be about 60 minutes. In fact, they're all 60 minute um, ones except for the final day, uh, which is, over a 1.5 kilometer course and it's a 90 minute um quit course for the men there um plus five or so laps um tom we've seen Enswiss take an aggressive tactic an aggressive strategy rather into these into these uh, criteriums um often with uh, liam mcginnis setting you know an incredibly hard pace from from the start <laughs> um yeah. Yeah, what so what what is what's the thinking going to these ones? Yeah, I mean yeah, uh certainly um I think uh again with our with our uh, riders that we'll have at, at Gippsland we'll we'll certainly probably play a similar card. Um yeah, without Liam and, and Stu they're they're both pretty uh uh particularly Liam is very animated early on in, in these races and it plays out really well for us actually. Um to have that sort of uh, strength of someone to really stir the pace up. Um, it's perfect for us. Uh, yeah, well, but you know, in saying that, we've got um, we've got another good sort of uh, squad here. We won't have uh, quite as many, uh, obviously, with Alex Smythe uh, crashing in Melbourne to Warren. Well, he was probably our, our one sort of sprinter, if you like, uh, f- for the race. Uh, so that that would have been our option uh, for a bunch of sprint. Uh, he's obviously out now with uh, a fracture to his hip, uh, to his pelvis, sorry. Um, so, yeah, we, we'll uh, have uh, five guys uh, on the start line and we'll probably play a quite an aggressive card again, yeah, for sure. We'll try to look for, for the breaks um, and try to try to uh, see if we can, we can stir it up 
uh, that way? Yeah, I mean, it's not the biggest field in the world. Um, it's going to be about 70 riders um, on the start okay. line from, from the start list. Uh, obviously, you know, it's uh, <laughs> ice away sports for swimmers come in with the strongest squad on paper, but races aren't one on paper, as we well know, and uh, you guys have been able to shake it up in the past. Um, and you and you come in with um, Ryan Kavanagh second on the NRS standings at the moment. Um, yeah. Are you hoping he can he can do a, a, re, a repeat of the um, Amy Zotway tour? <laughs> oh, I think uh, I don't I don't think Cavs obviously coming here uh, expecting to probably repeat that. Uh, that was probably uh, a criterion that was suited to a, a sort of style of rider with the difficulty uh, of having that hill to go up each lap. Um, I don't think there's too many uh, of these um, these uh, circuits here this week that are going to be quite that difficult. Um, so, I mean, in, in saying that, though, Cav, is, uh, he's got a big big motor and um, he's a, certainly a very aggressive rider and he'll want to make it pretty difficult for a lot of these sprinters in the race. So, um, yeah, he'll be he'll be looking to get up the road and, and seeing if he can force the group away and um, and you know like I think uh, the good part about it is that we've got a couple of uh, guys in the team that can do similar things so we'll be sort of quite as I say pretty aggressive and um, and looking for the moves um, yeah and I think Cav is in a great place uh, in terms of where he sits uh, in the NRS. Um, I think he'll be looking to probably just uh, see if he can be up there in the in overall uh, throughout the week. I think he'll probably look to maybe the last one uh, to Raven. It's a little bit more difficult. Um, it's got a little little rise in it. And if, if the wind's up, it can be a little bit of a testing course. So he'll be he'll be looking to be up there overall and certainly going into probably Tour of Tassie, which is probably his main goal, um, to have uh, to keep his position in the NRS, that's for sure. So, yeah, we'll see how it goes anyway. <laughs> yeah, um, he's challenging Michael uh, Freeberg there for the for the victory, I suppose, of the overall NRS. Um, yeah. And obviously... And obviously, uh, Freeberg's not really a climber, with being a, a larger guy. Um, so, yeah, I mean, there's that opportunity to make points up there on the Tour of Tasmania, but there's going to be quite a lot of good riders going for the Tour of Tas. Um, That's right. Being yeah, as it absolutely. is, yeah, proper proper climbers, of course. Um, yeah, out of the, yeah. out of the other guys that we're here, um, do, do you think it's a? I mean, you you've been around the courses, and you mentioned that last one's a bit more for the climbers. Um, do you think it's sprinters uh, for the most part uh, for the rest of the courses? Uh, it appears that way. Um, yeah, and obviously, I, I don't know. Uh, I think off memory, the Bansdale one does look quite familiar. So I think I have done that one in the past. Um, and again, that's quite flat and straightforward, uh, pretty free, uh, pretty flying sort of course. So it, it appears that way. It appears that it'll be probably um, suited to the sprinters. I think obviously, again, with um, the... Uh, the national track guys uh, being on the start list, I think they'll be they'll be certainly looking to to keep it together for a bunch of sprint because they certainly have the horsepower to do a, a good lead out at the end uh, for someone like Sam Wellsford. Um, he'll be he'll be hard to beat. Um, so I, I think it will. I think it will be a bit of a bit of that. But also looking at the weather, I think uh, Thursday is meant to rain down this way, so that could throw um, a few curveballs our way. Um, yeah, but in saying that too, as you say, it's not a big field um, and I think there's a combination of teams in here that 
uh, are going to be ultra aggressive because they don't have a sprinter. And then, of course, the teams that do uh, want to sprint. So, and then, of course, there's some individuals in the race that are that are also quite strong. So uh, that'll make the racing quite interesting too. Yeah, as, as you mentioned, the Mitchell and Scott guys, um, who are the also the track endurance team. I mean, you've got world champions there. Jordan Kirby is the world individual pursuit champion. Keller Bryan, uh, Alex Porter, who um, did a clean sweep of well, not quite a clean sweep, but he was right up there in all of the events for the under twenty three men's um, in the national road national road championships this year. Uh, Cameron Scott's uh, pretty rapid as well. Uh, Sam Wellsford obviously coming off his second there. Uh, Rowan White, good performance in the break, and Nick, Nicky Lewis is you know a very good all rounder who does a great job on that track endurance team there. And yeah. that's just a yeah, very strong, exactly. a very strong squad, isn't it? Yeah, that's right. I mean, uh, they've and I think they've still, um, as I say, they've got options to. Uh, they've got guys that can uh, that can uh, bring sort of any of the breaks back you know, just with the horsepower that they have. So, uh, yeah, I think um, that'll be certainly certainly uh, the team to probably watch. Uh, obviously, with, with including the uh, the ice away guys, um, but. Yeah, as I say, when you when you look at the the team that they have, they um they've got a, a very good squad. So. Well, uh, seems like best of luck to you is is to be wished, and I'll I'll let you get off your training road with um with, with Aiden and Dylan. So you can... yeah, thanks very much, man. Yeah, yeah, we'll uh, just head out for a ride. we uh, it looks like it's um it's actually a really nice day here. We were staying in in Morwell, uh, so uh, yeah, we'll head out for a ride and get ready for uh. The start of Gibbs Lane tomorrow. Okay, thanks for your time, Tom, and awesome. thanks, um, thanks for joining us. Cheers. Welcome back to the Breakdown Podcast. As you know, we are sponsored by Or Cycling Apparel, some of the best kit that you will find out there, both ecologically sustainable, uh, very good looking, odor resistant, and well fitting. Uh, which is pretty much ticking every box that you could possibly hope for out of cycling kit. Unfortunately, the upcoming interview with Shannon Malseed isn't amazing in terms of audio quality, which is why I've decided to stick it on the back of this podcast so you can take the opportunity to skip it. If you're, you know, for instance, wearing earphones, I definitely wouldn't recommend listening to this if you've got earphones on. Uh, anyway, um, Enjoy what she says because it's some insightful stuff about uh, racing overseas and the dissolution of the High Five uh, Australian Women's Development Team. Okay, thanks. See ya. I'm lucky to be joined by a returning guest in Shannon Malseed, who is the current leader of the Women's NRS. Uh, Shannon. Thanks for having me, Jamie. The biggest thing on the line is your well, is the defence of your um, NRS leaders jersey at the moment. Um, look like, like um, Lucy Kennedy is going to be lining up, so you probably got to as as possible. Um, who do you need to keep an eye on um, from doing the maths? Um, I think Macy is uh, sitting in third at the moment, so she'll definitely be one to sort of keep an eye out on. Yeah, I, I think we've once we get there and have a bit of a chat about the team objectives, um, I'm sure we'll want to get a few stage wins with uh, Kimberly Wells. A few of your key competitors for this one, uh, I suppose, will be uh, Rebecca Wyzak, obviously, um, very strong rider, in, especially in this Criterion format. And uh, on the High Five Dream Team with her will be uh, Christina Clonan, 
uh, Emily Roper, uh, Chloe Moran, and Ru- Ruby Roseman Gannon. And then probably Macy Stewart from TIS is going to be your next strongest, but they've got Georgia Baker um, lining up as well. So it'd be good to see her on the NRS circuit again. I mean, after a while, it's been, been a while since we've seen her. Yeah, absolutely. Um, like all of the, although it is a, a very small field, there are some really strong riders. So I think it's bound to be an, an aggressive um, tour. And yeah, we'll just, we'll see who's got the legs out there on the day. Speaking of, um, how are you going to win the race your way in that case? Um, team's got a number of strong riders. Um, obviously, Kimberly Wells is probably the best sprinter um, out of out of this lineup here. Maybe Macy Stewart will take a tour and those. Um, yeah, I think that as I said before, Holden's got so many cards to play with. With every rider has got they're capable of of winning the race from whether it's from a breakaway or whether it's from a sprint. So um, yeah, I think other teams, you know, should should be worried and need to try and get rid of a few of us. Um, you know, you don't want to take Kimberly to the line. Um, and yeah, if, if any, any of us are in uh, breakaways, we have a good chance as well. So um, yeah, they're just going to have to, we're going to be opportunistic. Let me... So what are you, what are you looking at after this race? You said you're building up again for nationals. Um, what, what's the preparation going to be going into that? Cause there's no Bay crits obviously anymore. Um, well, at least for this year. Um, yeah. So we've got the tour of Margaret river, which we're sending a team over to. Um, again, it's going to be a bit of fun, but also, um, training block for nationals. And then we've also got two of bright as well that we do each year. So I'll look into that as well. I think there's, there's plenty of sort of local races on. So I'll keep the legs ticking over and, um, yeah, just, really get a good block of training in before nationals um, get that fitness up again. And uh, finally, I just want to reflect on your time um, with the High Five Women's uh, National Development Team. Um, well, yeah, what was it What was it like over, overseas with that, with that group of riders there? I mean, obviously a phenomenally talented bunch. Um, we saw Lucy Kennedy obviously win to a of the of Deladesh, uh, I yep. think that's how you pronounce it, <laughs> and performances um, at uh, a number of other races like Tour of Norway, um, Bargada. What, what what were the highlights for you over that period? Um, well, for me, I think yeah, the highlights was definitely the first tour that we did in Germany. Um, Turingen was was awesome because instead of um, you know sort of having to ride in to come together as a team over over seven days from the gun we were all um on fire and riding really well and riding really strong so uh we kind of skipped that development stage i guess and just got straight into real racing which was really cool um and then moving on from there it's it sort of it just went up from there and uh, we kept getting results and we finished off with lucy winning the final tour in Ardesh and and that was just really awesome um, team like teamwork and it was cool for the team to be able to pull something off like that and um, yeah for the for those girls it was their first time in Europe um, and it was just really amazing to see them all step up and come to the table with with those results and like on and off the I think they're all pretty much ready to take it to the next step so hopefully you know um hopefully they can get there very shortly i suppose the pressure's 
slightly more on your own shoulders now with um, the announcement that um, Cycling Australia won't be supporting the the women's development team for next year, and it's a bit up in the air at the moment whether it will continue just under the high five sponsorship. I mean, ideal from your perspective um, of being of looking to make it into that world tour. Um, yeah, I mean, it's it's really disappointing that um, they've sort of pulled that support. I think it was um, it has been a really special part of my development. It's sad to see it slipping away and I hope that there is someone, some people that step up and sort of keep it going because there's a lot of um, young riders in, in Australia that are really, um, they sort of need that just to, to take it to the next level because um, NRS doesn't always provide um, a, the best sort of stepping stone. You kind of need time in Europe to see what it's like and to have that experience and I think um, for myself, yeah, um, it is a little bit disappointing but, um, yeah, I think that I'm, I'm ready to take it to the next level w- without that. So um, I'll be all right but I think for the, for the up-and-comer young riders like Jess Pratt who was with us in, in Europe, yeah, I, th- I hope that she gets some support and, and other girls her age as well. Um, who are showing a lot of strength in the NRS. Yeah, fingers crossed. It's uh, been a theme that was um, talked about uh, by Ruth Corset when I did an interview with her. She um, made the point that, I mean, you essentially need the support of the, um, a governing body, whether it be, you know, family, friends, partners, uh, loved ones. Uh, it's... It's not something you can do by yourself because it's something you need to do full time and you can't support yourself by working during that period. So it's not an easy one for the women out there. Um, Yeah. Yeah. But um, she mentioned that perhaps America is probably a good way to bridge over because it's not quite as high level in in quality of the fields over there and it's English speaking so it's a bit easier to go over and because um, there's lot, lots of homestays and stuff that you can stay with. And I know you've done some running over there yourself. Um, what would be, be your opinion be on um, America being like with a lot of uh, younger cyclists? Yeah, I think it's a really good option. Um, if you can sort of get yourself over there with a, a smaller team or I know there's a lot of teams that do a lot of, of the crit racing, just get... <laughs> basically anywhere that you can can go where you've got connections and and where you know some people um get over there whether that's america or whether it's belgium and places like that you don't necessarily need to have english speak um but it does obviously help a lot host housing in america obviously cuts a lot of the cost out as well because they let you stay at their place for free which is just awesome um and they're yeah they're really open people they sort of like open their homes and and they'll always um, offer to take you places where you need to go and things like that. So um, America's a really cool option. Yeah, just wherever you can sort of get to, I think, whether it's America or Europe, they're both awesome. Fair enough. Okay. Uh, well, thanks for, your, thanks for your time, Shannon. Um, obviously, be looking forward to following your results at Tour of Gippsland. Hopefully, you can keep a hold of that uh, leader's jersey there and we'll see you parked in the... Well, the problem is um, with the Subaru, the clash between the Subaru and the Holden sponsorship for uh, between your team and uh, and the major series sponsor. So you know it's a good problem to have, I suppose. 
Yeah, it's not a bad one. Okay. Uh, well, we'll see you later. And yeah, best of luck for the weekend. Okay. Catch you around. Thanks, Jeremy. Cheers. Bye.